and another advice is to talk to as much about your idea, about your project, to as much people as possible, because maybe even the person that you would never expect that you could somehow impact on, on what you're doing, uh, eventually, like looking at my experience, was the person that completely changed the game. Hey, Francesco, how's everything? Hey, Edsky, I would say pretty well. I'm doing great. And thank you very much for inviting me here today. Yeah, it's great having you. So you are one of the co-founders of DeepFile, which promises to deliver AI-powered document analysis for businesses. Yes, exactly. That's basically what we are trying to do. So <laughs> what does that mean? Okay, so uh, we are working on creating uh, a software to allow people to search information inside of their computer in a simple and fast way by simply asking questions in a natural way. So uh, trying to overcome the need of matching keywords that is kind of obsolete and kind of frustrating as well. We are building... What is the fast? I think the fastest way to explain that is a uh, Google or ChatGPT that work for your com computer and company network. So you ask a question in natural language, and then uh, thanks to AI, it understands the intent and it generates an answer uh, based on the information you have stored in your computer. And it also highlights where, where, where it got the answer from. So uh, you ask a question and you get the answer as well as the location with the answer. So mm. your, the PDF or doc, Word documents or screenshot, whatever that contains that information. Right. So let's go back in time to your story. Can you tell us your background and how you found yourself in this position? Okay. Yeah. That's a very interesting question. I can talk about that for, for ages, I would say. <laughs> but let's start maybe trying to keep it short, saying that I'm from Milan. I'm from Italy where I study economics and business law. I graduated there and then I moved to Dublin to do a master in entrepreneurship. Uh, during my university years, I always want to build something by my own. And also, especially like when I was in Ireland, I tried to develop a startup, but of course, perhaps I was too young, uh, lack of experience and expertise made me at some point desist. Which startup was this? Um, I mean, it was not a startup yet. It was just, I would call it more a business idea because that was uh, the level of development uh, I came with. And the idea was to reintroduce vegetable waste into the food supply chain to produce alternative source of proteins. And so we start building that, but then uh, at some point we decided to give up. And we might, with my background in finance and economics, I say, okay, uh, best solution would be to join the finance world. So I started mm. working at Deutsche Bank there in, in Dublin, where I uh, worked for one year and a half. And I realized that it was great. I, I learned a lot. Uh, however, like it was not for me because like when you work for a big corporate, uh, you can do a lot of things and put a much, a lot of effort, but then it's very hard to see the impact of what you do because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you are always part of a a big machine, you're just like a small part of it. So it's hard to see the impact. Mm -hmm. So I decided to, uh, I start thinking about, okay, what could I do? So I decided to step back and I resigned and I moved to Berlin. The idea of moving to Berlin was to experience more and learn more about the startup ecosystem, understand how the venture capital world and the start uh, work and also the startup uh, world works. Uh, for that reason, I, I came here, I started looking around, also was during COVID period, so 
at the beginning it was a bit difficult to, yeah, to learn times. a bit of it like because of course everything was closed yeah uh, but then I started supporting several startups and at some point I say I said okay here I'm learning a lot by supporting the others why not trying doing something by by my own at that point I, I met uh, these people that were part of an, incub uh, an incubator program, a Playdate incubator, uh, and I joined uh, a group of three. So we eventually became a, a team of four to develop uh, a new project and start up. Now I didn't tell you earlier, but like <laughs> I, uh, I want, uh, like we start thinking about um, what could we do, how can we use our strength and our core competences to, to build something and improve something that maybe was already there, but was not so efficient. So uh, since our team also included people with uh, artificial intelligence, because as I said, I don't have like very uh, deep tech background, rather like more economics, business oriented one. We decide, okay, uh, where do we see the gap? How can we use our expertise? And we come up with DeFile. And DeFile, the reason we come up with is that, of course, it's frustrating to, to look for information and take so much time, especially if you know that maybe, for instance, on Google, you don't, you, you have no clue on where things are stored, but you know that if you ask anything in a fraction of a second, you get the result. And so we wanted to use the technology, the new technology uh, that are, uh, especially like artificial intelligence is rather a buzzword, like mm -hmm. a huge trend <laughs> right now. Say, so, okay, how can we, bridge that to something that is not efficient and we come up with DeFi. Uh, we started at four and then at some point people uh, start having different plan. And uh, right now we are uh, just two person, two people, Payang and I. We are trying to continue to bootstrap the idea. So why did you close down the first startup that you mentioned, the food one? Um, because I was uh, mainly by myself and uh, there were too many things that I could not control and be aware of because like, as I said, uh, perhaps like main reason for failure was lack of experience, especially like, uh, I wanted to, to work in the direction of, uh, creating food and food in Europe is very highly regulated. And I believe that the main problem is at some point I, I, I got very stressed. And I didn't know how to proceed and stuff. And let's say I didn't have energy and motivation enough to say, okay, this is, is going to be uh, the direction I want to go. And also I think the main reason is that right after, of, right after university, at some point you face the problem that uh, if you didn't uh, did a great job before, you mm -hmm. might need to pay for your bill and stuff like that. And, uh, with a startup with no revenue it's very hard especially at, at the beginning if you don't have like uh, huge savings in your bank account so i say okay i cannot sustain that anymore yeah when i was looking at your background a little bit i saw that you were an entrepreneur in residence in several places right the one that you said applied data incubator mm -hmm. and there was two more accountable and another one circle lion yeah yeah so how was the experience there? Like, what does it mean to be be an um, entrepreneur in residence? Entrepreneur in residence means everything and nothing. I would say <laughs> is a uh, is a position that uh, I have different de definition, I guess. But here in Germany, uh, mainly mean that 
you join a startup at different stage. For instance, Accountable was a Series A, while Circulion was in a pre-seed uh, mm. stage of investment. And you uh, join uh, a company with the idea of basically you support the, the implementation of the roadmap of the startup wherever there is the need of adding value or adding where there is like a part of the, um, oh, sorry, maybe I try to rephrase that. Okay. So, um, developing a startup, working in a startup is a fast changing environment. So mm -hmm. everything happened very quickly. And so there is, maybe there is the founding team that, uh, that need to deliver on new project, new topic, because maybe at some point, all of a sudden you maybe, uh, got like a call from a client that want to develop a project. And then there is need for resources and need to, uh, need for people that kind of assist you, assist you where you cannot have time enough to go deep, uh, into the specific topic. So that is where maybe the entrepreneurial residents come into play, mm. supporting where uh, the founders or, uh, whatever, uh, as part of the company has no time or resources to to go uh, and, and, and look after a specific topic. Mm -hmm. So then you have the entrepreneurialism that support you because there is no a defined position already for that specific role. So there is no, for instance, I don't know, customer service. Yeah. Uh, you maybe have uh, a team of, of, for the customer service in, in already, like in, in, in a already uh, established company because you already know everything that's like the kind of volume that, uh, Tickets that come in and out and so on. But if you are in a fast changing environment, maybe some things arise from, arise from, from one day to the other. So maybe you don't have a department for that. And that maybe where the entrepreneurial residents can support. Uh, yeah. So it's not that different from the real version because you have to improvise from what I understood, but you have some kind of a job security or. Uh, can you define what you mean with job security? Maybe a salary. Oh, okay, of course. Okay. Uh, um, entrepreneurial residence, yes, is, is, it is a paid position. Like it, it is a full-time position. Can be uh, either an internship or uh, a full-time position, depending of uh, the company you are working with. Like I met with many entrepreneurial residents, uh, also working at different companies, and everybody does a different thing with different kind of salary, with different kind of contracts. But yes, usually uh, the entrepreneurial resident position is a full-time position. It's just a name you give to mm. to a position that doesn't yeah, a have cool a specific uh, department or. So like, for instance, when I was working at Accountable, I supported into the acquisition part, uh, mostly. So to increase retention, like conversion of user to the app, to the paid app and the retention of it. So I was working mainly in the acquisition and marketing department, but then could also be something else. Like for, for example, uh, yeah, I think that was not yeah. for example, <laughs> that was it. So. You were working as a business developer before, and then you quit that, and then you became an entrepreneur in residence because you wanted to be in this environment. Uh, yeah, I was working as analyst. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, I decided to quit because I didn't want to, like, actually, I liked the job I was doing that there uh, when I was working at Deutsche Bank. Uh, the only things that made me change uh, completely path is that as I kind of, yeah, I think I mentioned that earlier, uh, what was uh, missing in in my in my time there was okay a clear way for me to 
to see the impact of what I was doing. And mm. I say, okay, maybe the corporate job is not, maybe it was not for me because I say, okay, if, even if I, I want to maybe have a career progress, I see that as a very long path because everything is like in a very huge company where I don't know, maybe 10,000 employees, maybe even yeah. more, uh, you need to have your, like there is some sort of path that you need to follow. So it's like a arithmetical growth. So maybe you work for one year, two years in a position, then you get a promotion or a salary increase, or then you, maybe you can change position, but it's a slow growth. And if you want to see the impact, maybe it's not the right way uh, mm -hmm. to, to do things because you can look at things in a different way, especially like if you're motivated at doing that. So let's talk about the file. How did you experience the problem? How do I experience the problem that we are solving or? Yeah. Okay. First and foremost, I would say that my computer, for example, is full of documents. Okay. And uh, sometimes I know uh, how to structure them because I have time and so on. But the, most of the time, actually, what happens is that everything comes for the, uh, from internet somehow because I download it from the email or somebody share it or I download it from different sources. So all my uh, files are inside of the download folder. Then I create some other files, which I maybe put on desktop or in some other folder that I create uh, for, for the specific task I'm carrying out. But then like uh, when you're super busy and you're doing several things at once, at some point you lose control and track of uh, where you're putting stuff. And then for instance, what happened to me is that when my desktop uh, is too full, I just create a folder inside of the desktop and I <laughs> drag all, all the files that are on the desktop in that folder. So my desktop is clean, uh, and, but uh, it's just like a fake solution because yeah. like in the end there is that folder. And that process again, as soon as it's full again, I create another folder. So then it eventually became a materiosk of information of different periods of, uh, but like in a completely messy way. But when you are looking for something, uh, sometimes happen that you do things from scratch from the beginning because you don't even remember to have something related to to something that you are doing in that in in a, in a new moment because you forgot about all the information you have. So what you do, you can you could use the search tool like the Windows uh, search or the uh, the Spotlight of Mac. You use that, but it's not so smart because sometimes, like for instance, you're looking for something and it's very frustrating because I don't know, you are searching for transcript of something. And then like uh, in the, in your results, apart from the fact that sometimes it takes a long time to, to load all the results in your computer, but then like in the re uh, search results, you find even file format and, and documents that you never heard about before that some sort of, I don't know, like. Java file, like you're looking for a document yeah. and, and you find something that the format is a GS and you say, okay, but like, I don't even know how to open that kind of file because I, I, so hundred percent is not what I was looking for. So you scroll them and, and eventually you might even find what you're looking for, but it definitely takes time. And sometimes you, you don't even find that because maybe you don't remember the exact uh, keyword that you are looking for. So you're doing this right now for B2C? No, um, actually we are uh, building this for, uh, B2B, so for other businesses, yeah. because yeah. like this is something that I experienced myself. Uh, and I think the main problem is that it takes time. And for me alone, it's not a big deal. But if you agree that time is money, 
And if you look at a company and you multiply that experience to everybody working in the company, then it gets kind of expensive for the company. And as a user, of course, it can take time, but maybe you don't really have this kind of pressure of uh, considering time as money. So we, what we are doing right now is to focus on B2B. At the same time, we are building a free version for, for uh, user, like uh, customer, consumers like uh, you and I that can download it and using on, on their own computer. But uh, our goal is to have a search tool that works like this towards the entire company network. So because like most of the thing is happen, like mo most of this problem also happened because in a company where there are many different employees that save information and work on things on different level, maybe without telling each other, because mm -hmm. like the example I was making is that maybe I forgot what I did in the past. The thing is that if you're working in a company, you might not even know what the other person is working on, because maybe if it's a company of three, you kind of know uh, uh, almost everything that the other do, uh, do. But if you are working in a company, I don't know, 50 people, 10,000 people, you have no clue on what all the others are producing on a daily basis. And then having a, a search tool uh, that allows you to search information without using keywords. So you don't even have to know uh, exactly which keyword the, the, the other colleague used. You simply ask a question. And if there is a, uh, an answer, it gives you the answer and the location of it. So mm -hmm. it speed up the process and also uh, is, a, is a way to enhance collaboration and avoid dupli uh, du uh, duplication of work. So I think that main benefit we provide to a company is this, um, that we don't, uh, like that we save them a lot of time in terms of time spent searching for file and uh, replicating same uh, work that maybe an, uh, another employee did in the past. Yeah. Did you validate the idea with companies? Yes, we are currently working on, uh, we are currently working, uh, testing it with uh, some companies. I cannot tell more about that because we signed NDAs. <laughs> not allowed to say that but <laughs> no, I, I think but, but uh, actually that was a great benefit for us because testing it with company with uh, real scenarios uh, made us understand a lot of things that we didn't uh, cover or think about before so i think it, that, that is the most important thing that we are having now that validating with a, a real company make us understand what they really need and how to solve uh, the issues for them so like to create what's called product market fit so not just create creating a great product, but actually to create a product that makes sense to somebody. So uh, that can actually move the needle for, for somebody who's willing to buy it or to pay for it then. Yeah. So I am going to ask you about artificial intelligence if you're not sick of it and if you won't walk out of the door. Are you surfing with the AI wave and the hype or are you under it? Uh, <laughs> I think like I, I really like uh, uh, on a personal level, I think uh, I'm under it <laughs> because like uh, I, I, I believe that what we are building is not following, uh, it, it does not follow a trend, rather uh, we are it happens that we are building that while there is a trend going on. So I think for us, it's just beneficial because he creates more hi hi hype around. So people get more interested in the topic. Uh, 
but we are not surfing a wave rather uh, we are part mm -hmm. of the wave maybe and so we are happen to be to be here maybe in the right moment at the right time yeah in the right place so i want to also ask you about the privacy thing I'm just guessing that it's one of your biggest selling points since it's an important issue. As you probably know, like even Italy banned ChatGPT for one year. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, linking back to trends, like uh, why is a buzzword and a hot topic artificial intelligence today is it's thanks and mainly to OpenAI that released ChatGDP which is a great tool and a lot of companies are building are, are being built around ChatGDP, which is a great boost to, to artificial intelligence and to adoption uh, inside of several different possible activities. Uh, what we, uh, the, the main problem of ChatGDP is that to work, you basically need to share all the information uh, with them. It works in a cloud and you, uh, whatever you upload there, it goes to their uh, to their own cloud. So basically they own all the information you're providing them, which is fine. However, maybe uh, as a business, you don't really want to share everything. Uh, so what we do, what, uh, we differ from uh, from other companies by not using JGP, rather developing our own model that can run locally. So uh, by doing that, you don't need to share on any other third-party clouds your data because your data stay inside of your of your own company or of or or your own network or your own local drive so uh, by doing that uh, we overcome the problem of privacy because for example another things uh, that if you share data with all the all, all these companies like for instance open ai um, from uh, from one side they potentially have access to to your information all these companies right now are in the us and all the companies that are in the U.S. are under the Cloud Act, which means that uh, the government of U.S., if they ask for it, they can have access to your information as well. So for the for a company, uh, maybe this is not not this is this is not the great setting they wish to have for for their for the, their own private data. So that's why we we believe that. We are going in a different direction, offering the possibility of having the cool part of, uh, of artificial intelligence and generative AI without the downside of it. So basically sharing information. Yeah, just wanting to add to that. So can you not delete the data from ChatGPT? Can you ask them to delete it or does it not work that way? Um, I mean, you should ask that to OpenAI, not to me, because <laughs> I, I, I don't work there. I think uh, you might ask them to delay, uh, delete your information, but I think they can still store them. Uh, maybe they can. What they can uh, remove is your personal data, but I don't know if uh, they they are obliged at deleting all uh, the history of your searches and so on, because maybe they use your information to train their own model. So once they train their model on your information, you can ask to delete. What is still left uh, on on your like on your account? But I don't. I, I mean, I, as I said at the beginning, maybe you should be asking them. Okay. But we overcome this problem not having access to your uh, like. If I can yeah. add something like, well, we as Deepfile overcome this problem not having access to your documents. So uh, once you use our software, the information you share with the software are shared locally. So we as a company cannot have access to them. 
so we don't have this problem of uh, you uh, I mean you asking us to delete stuff delete stuff because we don't have them you have them so how global are you working right now global yeah Okay, right now, uh, of course, we are in Germany, so we are Germany first, like we are uh, talking with German companies, especially uh, since we are in Berlin, we are mainly starting from, from Berlin because it's more convenient and, and uh, it's the fastest market solution uh, way, perhaps. At the same time, I'm trying to leverage on my Italian network, so I'm trying to expand the user testing and possibly like the customer base we are building also in Italy. And if we think about, like, if we also need to tell you what is the market we want to serve, right now we are focusing for obvious, uh, for the reason I just mentioned on Germany and Italy. However, uh, we are building a, a software that works on uh, multi-language, uh, like with, with different languages, and we are aiming at uh, serving the European market in general. But of course, it's going to be a ladder, especially because apart from the language you support is also a matter of acquisition strategy, because mm -hmm. if I decide tomorrow to enter the French market, it also means that I need to understand the French regulation, which happened to be under the same European uh, regulation. So it's kind of easier, but still I will need to promote and to do sales activity in France, in France, which requires resources and time and money. So for now, we are just focusing on Germany, a bit of Italy, and then, uh, yeah, with our European focus first. What does your advisor suggest in this stage? Because I think you're doing pretty well, like working with some companies right now, targeting the European markets. So what is the next step? According to me, what would be the next step? According to you, according to your founder, co-founder or your advisor. Okay. Uh, right now, I think resource constraints are the main uh, is the main problem mm -hmm. because of course we want to do everything we want to do it now but the reality is that we are just two person two people working behind that so we need to give priorities to things uh, as you say okay now we are testing it with uh, with customers so we are planning at uh, learning as much as possible from them so we can actually uh, create a product that then we can replicate to other company so next step would be after validating uh, the prototype and giving give the prototype a real case use and like sign the first contract with the clients then uh, so let's say that now we are in a phase of soft launching the product and then the next step would be to replicate so now uh, main focus is to build the products second one second uh, focus would be to start uh, making sales. So basically like to start acquisition strategies mm -hmm. in order to further validate uh, that we cannot only uh, solve the problem, but that we can also uh, solve the problem to many people. And to do that, of course, we need to, to, do, to perform acquisition yeah. strategies as well. I would think that bigger companies would be just better because they would be spending more time and resources into document finding, for example, or like you said, they don't actually know what another person is working on, but smaller companies would be faster to move. Was it your experience? Here, the, the answer can be given from different aspects. The, the first one is that a big company, as you say, like if 
we think about like the number of documents that are produced in a big company uh, is, is way higher because of course of the size of the company so of course it might be more it might be more important for them to adopt a solution like that it's also true that uh, as a startup for us working with a big company can be very interesting because of course it could provide us uh, with the possibility to to uh, develop a product for 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 a bigger audience uh, but on, on the other side it would it takes more complexity and also more time because like and and the last thing is that a big company might have the resources an IT department to develop that internally plus uh, they might have like for for example I was uh, when I was working at Deutsche Bank every software was pre-approved, pre-download mm. by the IT department. Yeah. So you as an employee could not just download and test uh, whatever products you wanted. You needed to pass through like the IT department to download every single thing. Mm. So even a snap tool to, to cut, yeah, to, to, to cut snapshot from, from your computer has to be approved and pre-released by, by the IT department for, of course, uh, security reasons. Uh, it's super cool maybe to have some, uh, such kind of clients, uh, but they might have, like, it might take longer for, for, for us to, to have like uh, an implementation done uh, at their, uh, on their network. And on the other side, they could do that also their own because maybe they have also resources to building their own infrastructure. And so, we are now targeting small medium enterprises for the reason that small medium enterprises usually have a lower level of complexity. They, uh, it's, it's faster and uh, easier to implement because they usually don't have their own infrastructure. Rather, they, have, they use services and they use collaboration tools that we all know. So they, they don't have the kind of level of complexity and especially for us is more uh, strategically more convenient to target them because of the speed of decision making because of course like if you in a small company it's easier to test the product without passing from the IT bureaucracy uh, of the IT uh, department so there are a lot of people in berlin who want to do something on their own like start a company start a startup what would be your advice to them from where they could start First and foremost, uh, like talking about my experience, uh, go buy uh, napkins because I find myself crying a lot because it's the most <laughs> stressful thing uh, I've done so far. Like, uh, because sometimes you start super excited about things, but then uh, until you don't have, like, you never have a clear understanding on how it's going to be, whether you're going to make it or not. So it's very, it can, it can be super fun. It can be very stressful at the same time. So I find uh, one day myself crying and the other one super excited and like even faster than Usain Bolt as, as I feel so much energy. <laughs> Apart from that, I think that, I don't know, like first you need to, to want to do something. And if you have an idea, even better, but maybe you don't even need that. But what you need is to talk to people. You need to find your partner. You need to find a person that is complete opposite of you. Because, of course, the more diverse you can uh, bring on the table while uh, strategi strategizing on which product or how to market the product, the better it is. And then I think that what is, has made this possible for us is to participate to an incubation program. 
Otherwise, I think we would never have the energy, the motivation, people supporting us, that believing us enough to, to make that possible, to say, okay, we want to focus full time on this. Uh, so yeah, I think the, the main uh, advice I would give is to look around, especially like Berlin is super great in this sense. There is a lot of incubation program uh, from university, uh, from, uh, from the government, from private entities. There is a lot of support. So look around and seek uh, support because it's there. There are so many options. Uh, you just need to be lucky to find the, the one that is good for you. And another advice is to talk to as much about your idea, about your project, to as much people as possible, because maybe even the person that you would never expect that you could somehow impact on, on what you're doing, uh, eventually, like looking at my experience, was the person that completely changed the game. So it can be your sister, your friend, your the caretaker of your building. I mean, could be any uh, support can be anywhere and your next partner or your next client can 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 be or can be known can be a friend of anybody so so don't be jealous don't, don't be of your idea mm -hmm. don't, don't expect that whatever if you speak about your idea to somebody that person is going to steal that to you uh, rather if i guess what i notice is that in a situation like this i, I receive a lot of um, genuine uh, support and and that's super nice and yeah so to speak about that yeah Thanks. It was great having you. And I hope that you can achieve um, everything that you guys want. Yeah, I mean, finger crossed. Let's see. <laughs> like, uh, we are learning a lot. So uh, no matter what's going to be the outcome of DeFi, we are learning a lot. So if, if it does not work the way we are planning it right now, we can pivot that or we can say, okay, it's going to be different. It's going to be another thing. But every day uh, we are making mistakes or, or we are doing something good here. It's a great learning. So... So nothing to, to regret. Actually, it was super, it's been super, super great to do everything. Yeah, nice. And uh, don't forget to follow and give five stars. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And yeah, of course, also, if you want to test, I will see you <laughs>